You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, Dave Starcho, alongside two of the premier writers for bloggingtheboys.com. That's Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. Boys, gentlemen, another big, big victory Monday. We're celebrating right now as we speak as people are driving into work today or they're sitting at their cubicles or doing whatever they're doing on their day-to-day Uh, They are celebrating another Dallas Cowboys win, a big Dallas Cowboys win, 49-29 over the Chicago Bears. Um, Again, without (laughs) – I I said to somebody on Twitter uh, yesterday, you know, I said, look, we can never have a laugher, and it turned into one. But, like, originally, like, you're up 28-7. You think we can run away with this thing. Next thing you know, bink, 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 and we're only up five. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So, anyway – First, your your first thoughts coming off a, a win like this. We'll start with Tony. Obviously, the Cowboys get it done, and the better part of the day uh, in the 4 o'clock hour are the New York football Giants fall to the Seattle Seahawks. So now the Cowboys, by default, with a head-to-head win over them, have jumped into second place. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's um, you know, it's interesting. The Cowboys, man, I think this is a little bit of a glimpse of what this offense can look like, right? I think we um we feel pretty good. 42 points on offense. We uh we can thank Michael Parsons for another six, seven of those. So um this is exactly what I think the league should be afraid of. I think the Cowboys have an opportunity to be a well-rounded, complete football team. Um, you know, I think it's gonna take, I don't know what they'll do at the trade deadline or if they'll do anything at all, but I, you know, they, if they can find one more piece to put in this to kind of be like a wide receiver, whatever the case may be, this Cowboys team could be like league wide dangerous. And I still think they're league wide dangerous now. But, you know, you know, us Cowboys fans, we're never completely satisfied. We want more and um, rightfully so. But you, you got to feel good about the way the offense put together. I mean, four straight drives, four touchdowns, Dak Prescott and a little bit of a groove. You know, the only thing that you can say about Dak Prescott is he gets these heat checks in these games. And sometimes he makes that ballsy throw and you're kind of like. You don't need that right now. You, you don't need that. I mean, I don't hate it, but you don't need it. Um, But the only thing you want to say, if we're going to talk about any type of negativity, is like this is what it's going to look like or can look like with a mobile quarterback that can do different things. So we're going to stay positive here. I'm going to say the 49 points, you love to see it. The defense is still a tough defense. They just, you know, the run game's a little bit, a little bit iffy, but hard not to feel good being 6-2 and two going into the bye week. Eight and six and two going into the bye week, as Tony just said, um, they gave up about 250 on the ground today. Now, I know in the NFL, there are multiple ways to get a championship, right? There's ways that you could just get a championship just by being a good defense, right? We just so happen to have a good offense that can move the ball. But does the run defense from today alarm you or is it just like very, very situational where there's only a couple Justin Fields in this league to go around? If Cooper Rush was our quarterback, the run defense would alarm me. But with Dak, with what I saw today, and I think this is, if you want to expose, quote-unquote, expose the Cowboys on the ground, 
I just don't really think it's going to happen because you saw the way that played out today. Cowboys jump out to a 14-3 score lead. What how, If they jump out to a lead and you stick with the ground game, which you know is probably going to work against Dallas, that's just not a recipe for coming back against the Cowboys. The, Dak is going to outscore you if you're committed to running the ball. So, yeah, against teams like the Vikings today, like Dalvin Cook, it, yeah, he could expose us to some degree, but once Dak starts putting up points, I mean, you're not going to keep up with this team by running the ball. You know, just if I can interject real quick, it's look at the two biggest performances on the ground that's kind of give this defense the most trouble. It's a mobile quarterback. So I think, you know, the, the, the Bears have a recipe to kind of play like the Eagles without the personnel to do it and be effective in that way. But the, the, the RPO conflict really puts this Cowboys team in a bind a little bit. So in a traditional sense, I'm not too worried about this team stopping the run in a traditional running back sense. I mean, we've seen him go against Saquon Barkley and, and hold him at bay at times. And same thing with like Antonio Gibson and, and just quality running backs across the league. It's when that quarterback is able to make a play. And now you're really in 11 on 11 football that makes the Cowboys have a little bit of tightness and, uh, you know, be able to kind of get uh, steamrolled a little bit. Yeah. I mean, looking ahead real quick, just off the top of my head, the next two games is against, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. I don't see much RPO action coming that way. So the nope. defense is going to be able to sit back and uh, and do their thing. So staying on this game, obviously, it's a it's a very big win for the Cowboys. Like I said, the Giants had lost, so they move up in the division. Um, we actually saw the Eagles take care of business, as everybody kind of predicted. So the division is still theirs to be had. It's you know they're seven and zero, and I don't see a loss in their schedule for quite some time. Maybe it'll maybe it'll take till Christmas Eve to get it done. Uh, but it's a it's a long way as a way, and the the season's very young. Um, still to this, to this moment, uh, to this moment, Tony, I want to jump over to the offensive side of the ball. Now, Dak aside, now my analysis on Dak today or, or Sunday, rather, um, he was zipping the ball. He had some heat behind some of these throws. And that's something that I've always really, um, thought he lacked in, in certain departments, like just, you know, leading the receivers and doing all the, 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 the great quarterback things. And he would be like, just like one step behind. But today, I felt like there was just a couple throws, just a couple that I can think of that were a little behind the receiver. The one being, you know, a lot of people have to look at the replay a couple times. I feel like CeeDee Lamb is at fault a little bit uh, on that interception Definitely, before yeah. half. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not really chalking that one up. So, Dak aside, and he showed us, by the way, can can we just get this guy, like, metal gloves <laughs> like i just he's getting his hand stamped on every week at some point like something's wrong with his other hand now uh, i'm sure that'll be nice and bruised up tomorrow but um when you look at this offense outside of deck you know we're coming into this game without ezekiel elliott which me and you are his biggest cheerleaders on this entire network maybe even the nation i'm gonna go with um the fact that tony pollard got to carry the load today we saw a lot of malik davis which i have a two-part question here and this is a, actually a really good one because I was discussing this with a couple of colleagues of mine. Um, one, can Tony Pollard do this on, on the regular if, if need be? And two, do you find a way to keep Malik Davis on this 53? Because, boy, did he show a lot of something, something. If you throw him back down on that practice squad, somebody's going to grab him. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, to answer the first part, I, I absolutely think Tony Pollard has that makeup, but I think we hadn't seen it until today. He's never really been the guy to be able to kind of tote the full workload. 
But it's super funny when you actually look at the numbers and see he only had 14 carries. Right. And, and people are saying, like, you know, this is, um, you know, he could he do it? Could he do it like Ezekiel Elliott with 20 plus carries? Well, if you look at Ezekiel Elliott this year, he's only gone over 20 carries once this whole season, too. So they have a really good balance of it doesn't matter if it's Malik Davis or Tony Pollard in that number two role. They kind of distributing the running back carries pretty evenly. And to kind of lead into the second part of that, um, Malik Davis showed us something. I think he showed something in the preseason and he's a guy that plays with a little burst and a little energy, but I think it says more about the running, running back position, right? These guys come in a little more ready-made when they get into the NFL. Shout um, out Skip Pete. Yeah, Skip Ooh. Pete, right, for sure. And and think about it. I mean, Rico Dowdle beat Malik Davis for the job. So if Rico Dowdle wasn't on injured reserve, I wonder what he would have done with this opportunity. So I think we knew going in the preseason that there were four or five running backs on this team that could compete and really play some high level football. Um, I, I think that they'll be okay if they get Malik Davis down, you know, to the practice squad. But like you said, he showed he showed some things that a, a needy team on you know a needy running back team might be able to go and poach that. Yeah, it's it's a little nervous to me. I mean, I I think like. You, you do want to call these guys up and you do want to see them show out. Um, but again, like it's just one of those things that you just you worry that you might lose a guy like that. But as far as Pollard's concerned, the touches were perfect. He caught a couple balls out of the backfield. You know, I think it was the third and two uh, where he just took it, made a house call out of it, you know, just and completely burned down the silence, which, by the way, friend of the show, Sean McEwen, uh, spoke to him after the game. And I said, hey kudos to you for not laying that dude out and he goes i would have been flagged 100 percent i was like that's why <laughs> that's why you don't do that kind of thing you know like and uh so kudos to his restraint um but uh yeah i mean pollard really played well aiden i shed some light on, on your thoughts about tony pollard going forward because look the buy is here uh zeke obviously it seems like he was trending in the right direction towards the back end of the week where he could have played but they saw the situation they saw that the bears were 29th against the run they saw that they can take advantage of this and have a bye week what do you think this running back room looks like going forward well first i kudos to the coaching staff for holding zeke out of this one i know zeke's a lot like dak prescott where i'm sure he was begging the coaching staff to play but you don't want a repeat of 2021 Man, moving forward, it's tough because, like, that third and two play that you brought up where it was a house call, that was really close to Pollard just getting stopped in the back. Like, he had to break a tackle in the backfield. If you hand Zeke that ball right up the middle, it's a guaranteed two. Like, Zeke's picking that up 100 times out of 100. So, I just think we need to start playing. I And I think the country staff's done well this season, but I'd like to see more situational where if you need three yards, if you need four yards, if you need – a short yarded situation. Zeke's your guy. Pollard, I we've seen what he can do in space, and especially late in games, he's gonna break off a long run for a touchdown. So I've just it's just situational, and I don't really have a split in mind. I just think it comes down game by game. Well, it's kind of crazy because I looked at it because I knew we were gonna talk about this. Coming leading up to this game, Tony Pollard was only averaging 9.5 yards a carry. So for him to get 14 carries in this game, he's only really getting what four and a half, five touches more in a game. I think he's just super oh, you said efficient. touches. I thought you said yards yeah. per carry. You said yards no, per carry. No, 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 no. <laughs> touches. But like just the volume, right? Like, Obviously, damn. volume dictates the yards per carry. If you're you're touching the ball eight times and you hit it for 40, 45 yards, it's gonna look like you're running for 13, 14 yards of play. So, um, but just the touches alone, it's like, how do we get him involved more? Because I think we're all in agreement that he should get the football more, but it's like, okay, today was that day, and he still only touched it a handful times more. It's just super fascinating how much they can actually open this offense when they're fully healthy and working together. Yeah, I mean, just like shout out to the fact that, like, 
again, he's making the most out of this opportunity. He absolutely crushed it today. Um, and again, this is like a PSA to Cowboys Nation out there. Guys, it is a great thing to have both of these running backs, okay? Enough is enough. Stop with the, oh, he's better. Oh, this guy's better. This one should get more. Car-. Guys, they're doing the best that they have and what they have available for them, Aiden. And on that topic, I'd love – we've been doing a decent job of using Tony Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time this season. More of it, Kellen Moore. After the bye week, start scheming up. I want to see it like 30%, 30 40% of the time where you have both backs on the field. That, Especially in rushing downs, that is going to confuse the defense, and it's just going to make this offense even better. Absolutely. Keep them on their heels. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so look, the Cowboys offense was humming today. A great way to go into a bye week. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they, uh, again, the run defense, a little suspect. They made a move over the course of the week. They bring in the big man in the middle. Um, another, was it a healthy, another scratch for Gallimore? I didn't see him out there. I mean, he wasn't. I didn't, no, he, he was he was out there was Hill that got the healthy scratch. Today. Oh, okay. I just I like I, you know what though testament to the fact that we didn't I didn't hear Gallimore's name called once. So right. whether he's doing great things, you know, carving up some lanes for our linebackers to hit the holes, great. But didn't hear much from him. Um, I am a little alarmed with the fact that J. Ron Curse got hurt not once but twice in this game. I'm not sure if you guys are hearing anything on the writer's side, but before you touch on J. Ron Curse, also I believe Anthony Brown got hurt for a little while, so. It seems like we were a little banged up there. And, uh, you know, again, credit to uh, Bland. He came in there, played another solid game of football. We saw a little bit of Clark, which was really, really refreshing because of the fact that, again, nobody even had an idea that this guy was going to play any football this year, let alone start or at least or at least get some action on week eight. Um, but touch on a little bit on the injury front, Aiden. Well, I also wanted to throw out that Anthony Barr also was ruled out of this game, but we just got a report from or- – after the game, we got a report from Gelkin. He says he's good. I have no idea what that means. But Full hamstring it, injury, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. So, I mean, we saw Anthony Brown back on the field. That's a good sign. I think the only – I mean, McGovern also we saw leave the game. Tony, have you heard any update on McGovern? He went back in the game. So he had a okay. heavy wrap on his arm. It was like an elbow, looked like an elbow thing. But he went back in. Anthony Barr did not go back in. Anthony Brown did go back in. Jaron Curse went back in. There's just so many injuries that I know I'm going to forget some, but at one point in time with Malik Hooker not playing, we were down all three of our big three safeties. You know, we I had Izzy, Izzy oh. got some love. Izzy got some love in today's game. Yeah. He was in there. Yeah. I heard his name being called. Mark Dono Bell. didn't come back in, right? Oh, Dono. That's another Donovan, one. Donovan, but that was the one that I felt the most car- encouraged about. He, he, they, he came out. I don't know why they didn't put it back in, but they said it was cramps. Okay. So he was, oh. he was yeah. So that I mean, was not the for official nothing. report. Not for nothing. That's what I. I think I saw Brian Brodus tweet out that something about cramps with somebody. It was either it was either Curse or maybe it was Donovan, but uh, Donovan Wilson. But I will say, I mean, when you're chasing these guys down for 250 plus yards, you're gonna get gassed. Like it's just gonna happen. So I'm glad it's a, it's a relief to say that none of these guys have anything significant. And man, oh man, I mean, you guys can agree this this buy comes at the absolute right time right now. Perfect these guys timing. are getting banged the hell up. I mean, Parsons looked like a man who went 15 rounds. Look ahead, Aiden. Did did you guys watch after the game Parsons on the bench? That was that was I'm a so little glad. bit scary. No. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was just about to say that. He literally like kind of like hopped to the bench, sat on the bench and just sat there like I'm just drained, I'm exhausted and people and then started up to him. He then started like rolling his knee pads up and like looking at his leg. That 
gave me yeah. a little bit of pause. Obviously, he's clearly fine, but yeah, I mean, he sat he he interview with Jane Slater afterwards about his first touchdown, which by the way, I can't believe today was his first touchdown. It feels like he's seen pay dirt a bunch of times, but he hasn't <laughs> um, another great game. One sack out of him today. Um, or no sackless. I think, I think Parsons went sackless today. Sackless, uh, but yeah, I'll take the uh, six though. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Demarcus Lawrence gets one. Uh, I believe I saw one out of double O uh, OC. Uh, he was in there. Um, but I, I'm looking at this team and, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident, right? I mean, like the, the running, like you said, Aiden, and my father said that at the same time. We were watching the game, and he's like, look, that let them run all they want. We're up 20. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do that in the fourth quarter. So if a team thinks that, like, oh, we got one up on you because we could run the football, you better hope to God that you have the lead. Because if you don't, we're going to be able to stop you and then score on you. So, again, very encouraging, encouraging win by the Cowboys today. Um, like I said, moved up to second place. Everything is all well and good. Now, interesting topic. You, you can only spend so much time on a 20-point win. So, We'll give game balls out real quick. Um, you know, let's save that to the end. We'll save out game balls because there is a topic that really got brought up and it caught steam right away. And, of course, it's our boy Jura. Uh, Jerry Jones goes on record and says that he's willing to part ways with some future capital, meaning draft picks or maybe even some uh, younger players. I don't know. Um, Tony, your thoughts. I mean, we're going to be the first Monday show. Tuesday's the deadline. Do you really think the Cowboys are going to be making a move? I'm being told and quoted it's an all-in approach, maybe like a Los Angeles Rams type deal where they're going to need one or two pieces to be brought in here. Do you think it actually happens? I don't know if it will actually happen, but the fact that Jerry came out here and said that he sees that from this team is super encouraging to me. Um, you know, Jerry's usually, you know how the dynamic with the Jones family is. Jerry usually says something kind of goes out in, on a limb. Steven kind of just walks it back a little bit. So that kind of happened, right? Jerry's like, you know, we'll mortgage the future with some things to go and get it now. And I love that because he sees it right now. Right. And he sees something that this could really work with. Steven, on the other hand, was like, well, you know, we want to keep the future in mind. But what Steven did say that was super interesting is he his words. I'm not I'm going to have to pull up the quote. I'll, I'll look for it when you guys are um, kind of talking. But to paraphrase it, he was like, you know, there are some guys that we could probably have a trade in some guys who aren't owned on a team right now that we may be looking at. And Tart Archer actually doubled down. It was like, is that an Odell Beckham quote? And he said, I didn't say that. So he didn't, you know, for Todd Archer to get the same thing that we're all thinking, like, wait, is he speaking about grabbing Odell Beckham at the late season? You know, kind of like the Rams are doing. And, you know, I think it would be interesting. But I say that to say they seem to be a lot more vocal about the possibility of doing something, especially going into the bye week where they could sit, assess what they saw through the first eight football games, understanding that this team is real in all three phases. And if they can find one or two pieces to make it happen, they absolutely have to do it. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Well, the trade deadline being Tuesday, I was telling my brother, I said, look, I think this is the best time to strike a trade right now because then you get him in the building and you get to work him in for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, this is a perfect time to bring in somebody new. And apparently there's been calls to Jerry about wide receivers. So who those wide receivers are, I mean, you could speculate. Uh, do we really want to DJ more on this team after the fact that uh, <laughs> after the fact that he took his helmet off and ruined that game for uh, the Carolina Panthers? Tony, you got something? Yeah, so just to kind of that quote I was touching on, this is Stephen Jones talking to the media. He said, quote, I mean, we're comfortable. Obviously, everybody wants to point to the receiving core, but we like that group there. Noel will be back. We got James talking about Washington. And then there's some guys that don't belong anybody belong to anybody that are out there. And then Todd Archer pressed it and said, is that an Odo Beckham hit? And he said, I didn't say that. So why would you say that? I mean, obviously thinking about some things. How adorable. <laughs> How adorable is that quote? Um, look, man, Beckham might be. Listen, there's is uh, what's this guy go on sign? T.Y. Hilton. He didn't. He yeah, didn't he's, not, he's out there. T.Y. Yeah. Yeah. is still out there. Um, What about the, didn't we discuss somebody else in the beginning? Will Fuller. Did he sign? Will anywhere? Fuller. Yeah. No, I mean, he didn't look, sign anywhere. He will is completely, you know, a wall right now. But so, I mean, look, maybe there is some kind of speculation with that. And yes, Noah Brown will be back. And from everything that we've been reading about James Washington, it's 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 just a, a matter of, a, you know, a couple more weeks where I feel like he can get acclimated. Aiden, are you comfortable where we're sitting right now with a receiver? Or you think somebody can blow the top off this offense? And it's tough because I just got done watching the game today where Dak looked like an MVP <laughs> candidate. But I no, I. I still think when we go up against, uh, I mean, even the Packers, when we go up against the Eagles, I want us to have more wide receiver depth because, yes, we saw week one against the Bucks and how much the lack of receivers hurt us. The one thing I'll say that I don't think is getting enough talk, I'd love for us to trade for a younger receiver that we can let develop with Dak, i.e. an Elijah Moore who is clearly dissatisfied with New York or on the same team as DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall Jr. looked really good today. I don't know if they'd be willing to part ways with him, but just those young receivers who are probably dirt cheap right now, let them develop with Dak. That's, I think, would be my target. Let me ask you guys a question here. Um, outside of C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, what wide receiver caught a ball today? Can I go? I'm just going to go on record, just knee-jerk reaction it's and say none, none of them. Right? None of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so not, the, yeah. So if Noah Brown Schultz is had himself a day, which is nice right, the tight ends. So we have three legitimate tight ends, three four. guys that can actually. Yeah, four. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, I can't forget about Sean. Sean. They all serve a purpose, but that third wide receiver is what takes this team from like good to great to great to like excellent, right? To to, to Super Bowl champions. You know, there's Elijah Moore, there's DJ Moore. You know, there's Terrence. Uh, like you said, Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall there's yeah. there's guys that are able to be had. You know, some people are unsatisfied. Like I know that people are calling about Clay. Uh, Chase Claypool. There's people to be had out there. And like you said, with Tuesday coming in and you know, 14 days before the next game, this is a perfect opportunity for this game, this team to really take it up another level. I I also would not be opposed whatsoever if we wanted to load up on defense more and just say, no, we're gonna have the best defense in the NFL this year, and we're gonna like what the Eagles did trading for Robert Quinn, just say, no, we're gonna load up even more and make this defense even more scary. In what in what department do you think we would have to I'd upgrade secondary with the Jordan Lewis injury. Add a okay. decent cornerback. I don't have any off the top of my mind, but I no. I was just curious to see what position. I mean, to me, run stopping is is uh, is our bugaboo right now, and we kind of did address it. But like, what Tony? Is there anybody out there in mind that you would address it again, just to kind of double down on this defensive front? 
I don't have a player in mind at this point in time, but I'm I'm gonna say something I've thought about for a while is I think the linebacker is a little bit of an issue. I think I think um I Leighton Vanish is playing fine. Michael Parsons is in the hybrid role, so I don't even really count him as a true linebacker. But Anthony Barr looks like a step slower. You know, Demon yeah. Clark is gonna have to come come on and, and you know he's gonna he's gonna get there eventually, right? I think we all have a, a, a great idea of what his future looks like. We haven't seen really anything in the defensive world from Jabril Cox. So it's like we need some speed in that linebacker core. And if Michael Parsons is going to go and rush the passer and not be in a traditional sense, I think if you're really going to upgrade that position or that unit, I think it has to be at that linebacker spot. Yeah. I'm in on the receiver. I'm in on defensive secondary. In fact, bringing this up, I, I, I sent out a, a, I thought it was a funny tweet. It got a nice little response, but I said that Jalen Tolbert's best play today was just being in the area for a Dak throwaway. And, and that's like, it's defeating because look, we interview Tolbert on draft night on blogging the boys, right? On a round table. And we were excited about it. We're, we invested a third round pick in the guy. Aiden, are you, are you at what point we're eight weeks into the season? You know, obviously today was a day that everybody and their sister were tweeting. This is it. This is his breakout. Here comes Jalen Tolbert. Are I'm you over it now? Is it over? <laughs> like, like today was the day, man. I'm not saying it's over yet because this is only the third game we've seen with Prescott and he hasn't been able to throw a football. So presumably he's still growing with Tolbert behind the scenes. What I, what, one thing that did interest me is when Jerry was asked about adding a wide receiver, he did throw in the fact that he thinks Tolbert is developing, which I haven't heard any report of. So I don't know if, I don't know if Jerry's saying like actually giving us valuable information there if he's just, pulling pulling that out of thin air but i'm not saying it's dead it's definitely not looking great right now though are you saying that he's trying to throw some smoke and mirrors to say like tolbert is a trade piece oh i who's trading who's trading for tolbert i don't know i'm just i'm just saying like <laughs> i think i personally i think it's jerry just trying to build up who's here knowing that yeah. some guys might lose yeah. jobs if they do bring somebody in because if they bring in one more receiver tolbert's probably not going to see the active list for the rest of the season to be honest yeah i mean that's that goes without saying any veteran any veteran receiver they bring in here and when i say veteran i i'm thinking um you know just anybody who's played for more than two seasons at this point, you know what I mean? has a little bit of presence. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see if the Cowboys uh, go all in, like they said, they were going to um, plenty of, uh, of tidbits. And I'm seeing not for nothing as we, as we record this, by the way, um, you know, we do get notifications in our within our blogging the boys slack, and I'm trying to figure out decipher who's what and what's happening right now. But something to do with Micah Parsons tweet, but I'm sure he's just happy. <laughs> like I was just, well, no, I see, I see. Yeah. He quoted uh, he quoted uh, Danny Phantom's tweet and was just because Danny Phantom pulled up a play like I can't believe Micah made a play after getting like choke slammed really at the line of scrimmage. So <laughs> got to get his flowers. Congratulations to Phantom <laughs> getting Micah Parsons' attention. Um, but anyway, so the team's rolling right now. There there is a lot a uh, lot of things to clean up. Like I'm sure they will say as as players speak, coach speak. You know, you win a game by 20, it looks great. You let up 29 points to the Bears, you feel a little eh about it. But again, you put up the first forty burger of the season, um, and, and that's and that's that. So let's give some game balls out for the game against the Bears. And of course, we don't have a game next week. So what we'll probably do is we'll probably get on the horn with some of our closest friends over our colleagues over at Blogging the Boys, or, or maybe friends of the show to maybe jump on for a midseason report card of sorts next week. Um, but obviously, there's a lot more, and we can actually kind of 
break down the Green Bay game, see if Mike McCarthy can go into Green Bay and win. Um, it would be the greatest thing that I've seen all season if that can actually happen. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. But we got to stay here for one more minute at least. And so, Tony, game ball. I mean, obviously, we always kind of typically say, like, oh, don't give it to the obvious. But, again, last week we did. This week we can do it again. Who, who's your game ball going to? Yeah, I mean, I want I wanted to give it to Dak Prescott. When you go out there and you, you play the way you did, especially those first four drives and kind of set the tone for the game. But I'm going to give it to Tony Pollard. This was his first real opportunity to show himself as the guy. I mean, he did not disappoint. I mean, I, you would like to see him. I mean, I guess he had 131 rushing yards, and I think he tied his career high. I want them to see him give him one more one more carry. Let him get his own career record high, you know, whatever, even if it's one yard. But um, Tony Pollard, man, explosive, dynamic player. Um, it's a real tough challenge to see where he's going to be next year because I don't know if it's going to be here at the star in his helmet, but we'll enjoy it while he's here. I think we've we've proven that he can carry the load. There isn't a drop-off if, you know, much, if at all, when Zeke is out. Um, but, man, those two together, they are an absolute one-two punch. The team is better for having both of them, and it's just good to see Tony Pollard go out there and make the most of his opportunity. Aiden, uh, so Tony Pollard is one of the obvious stars of the game, so he's getting Tony's game ball. Where are you sitting here? Yeah, Tony, uh, you guys are the two leaders of the Ezekiel Elliott train. So de facto, I'm the leader of the Tony Pollard train. You were going to leave that one for me? No, I'm <laughs> I'm going to give it to a person. I don't think we've talked about him on this show yet. I'm giving it to Dante Fowler. The guy Ooh, had okay. a heck of a game. I, like I think it. he finished He finished with five tackles, a sack. I think he defended a pass. It, Dante Fowler just proved that, yes, our three, our three best defensive ends are right now, in my opinion, are Parsons, Lawrence, and Sam Williams. Guess what? Our fourth defensive end, pretty dang good, too, if you if you let him play like he got to today. So, Dante Fowler, huge game. Good job. All right. Um, so, Fowler, Pollard. Now, again, there was uh, – I had a shot to give it to maybe I'm – a, I'm a tight ends guy. I would maybe give it to Dalton Schultz. He had himself a great game. But I will go very uh, chalk here. I will go very generic. I'm going to give it to Dak. And the reason why I'm giving it to Dak is because of this. If we get this Dak Prescott for the rest of the season, this Dak Prescott, I'm talking running. I'm talking, you know, making good reads, good decisions, not overthrowing anybody, leading his receivers, throwing lasers into guys like C.D. Lamb and a couple, you know, getting Gallup involved. And again, all the tight ends had a little something, something today. Um, Dak Prescott found everybody. And I think that if we get that Dak Prescott for the rest of the year, you know, who's beating this team. And I know I could say that with confidence because somebody could say the Eagles. Right. And I'm like, well, guess what, folks? He hasn't played them yet. You know what I mean? So, you know, pump the brakes with the Eagles talk. We've already beaten the, uh, the Giants without Dak Prescott. So, like, I'm looking at this division. And while last week I'm saying that the division race, even maybe even after the Eagles game, I was feeling a little like, oh, it's all right. We'll get a wild card. But if this Cowboys team can play and be led under Dak Prescott, today we scored 42 on offense, 49 total, right? And the Bears are piss poor against the run, but we threw on them, and they were top of the of the of the um, the passing defenses in this league. They, they were the sixth ranked team by points per game allowed heading into this week. Six yeah. best, so, six yeah. best, and we're sitting there not with a, a slump. Burger. Yeah. Yeah, a 40-burger on offense. So the fact that Dak Prescott, if this Dak Prescott can lead this Dallas Cowboys team, I have the full utmost faith that this Dallas Cowboys team can make some noise. And, like, again, there's a lot of doubters out there, and a lot of people are saying, you know, they're, they're always waiting for the first uh, bad ball to be thrown by Dak just so they can jump down his throat. 
the decision making today um, outside of that forced pass in the second ha- uh, second quarter at the end of the half, which again, I feel as if you didn't have to have it. You know, you didn't even have to make that. Just take the knee and go into halftime. You, you're playing well. You know what I mean? So is that Dak trying to be a little bit much? Yeah, sure. Right. But if that Dak, that Dak Prescott plays in this game um, the way he did in the rest of the way, I, I just don't like find me a team that can run with him. Like this offense is just hitting a stride now. And now some people think like maybe the bye week comes at the wrong time because of the, play, you know, the Cowboys are playing two straight games where they're just, you know, they played really well. But again, the injuries have bitten this team in the ass right now. So I think that this bye comes at a very, very good time. But Dak Prescott gets my game ball, man. He played a very good game of football. That's two weeks in a row. He's obviously put the week one behind him. He's put the the thumb behind him. He's put everything that all the adversity so far this season behind him. He's put the entire four weeks of bull crap that everybody's, well, you know, Cooper might be better, right? And he's just like, that's cool. Watch this. You know what I mean? Like, watch me throw the ball while Cooper, like, short-armed a couple guys. You know what I mean? And I'm not taking anything away from Cooper Rush and his wins, but he's not Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. He's that dude. And I think the Cowboys are in a good, good spot right now. Um, Again, Next time they're on the field, they're in Green Bay. So, again, we'll find out what the Bills do to Green Bay tonight as we record this on a Sunday night. Um, we'll see if the Packers' season could be up in, in, in smoke by the end of, by the time we get there, which is nuts to think about uh, because, look, the, the Vikings won again, a, you know, a, a solid win over the Cardinals. So now all of a sudden the Vikings are, I believe, 6-1 and one, and the Packers could fall to 3-5. and five. This can get very ugly for the Packers very fast, and I'm here for it. Uh, I'm here for angry, uh, angry Aaron Rodgers. He's not Brady, you know, by any stretch where he, like, we're like, oh, don't, don't sleep an angry, like a, like a, like a sleeping giant. Like, that's uh-uh, not, it's not the same guy. So closing thoughts for this week, Tony, we'll start with you. We'll round it up as the Cowboys are officially six and two heading into their bye week. Yeah, I think um we did our preseason uh, schedule prediction. We went game by game, and I'm a pretty optimistic Cowboys fan. I, you know, I get that a lot. Uh, I had them five and three. So they're six and two and they're better than I thought they were going to be. And that was with Dak Prescott missing majority of that time. So, you know, as we sit here and reflect, and obviously we're going to have the, the bye week to sit back, recharge, same thing for the team. It's going to be for us. We're going to be able to kind of be retrospective and look at this team. And it's, it's, it's very hard to not be excited. This defense is legitimate. This offense is really only, you know, scratching the surface of what they can do. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very, good time to be a Cowboys fan right enjoy the ride understand that there is some big games coming up right the the Packers are still the Packers regardless of the record they've kind of always been a thorn on our side um, then you got a Minnesota Vikings team that's playing good and you know it's you got to move forward we'll take it one game at a time but it's, it's a good time to be a Cowboys fan man very well said Aiden yeah I just want to touch on the fact that I I think the general consensus from this game is a the offense played excellent as they did, and B, that the people... I've seen some doubt about the defense creep in. I'm just I'm just going to say I'm not worried whatsoever about this defense. I think they're still a top three unit in the league, if not the best defense in the NFL. I just think mobile quarterbacks, yeah, they, they struggle with them, but I'm not putting any stock into Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert and Dave Montgomery ripping off 250 when they were down by 20 points. Dak finished with more pass attempts than Justin Fields and the Cowboys led for the entire game. So I'm not worried about anything on this defense. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I would say heading into the bye week, um, I don't remember what I had him as the preseason thing, but I'm sure I was right there alongside Tony, if not six and two. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't remember. Yeah, we were hovering. 
Yeah, yeah we, were, we were having right in the same area. So I did have confidence that they would get this kind of record going into this bye. And again, big games are ahead, man. Big, big test coming up. Both games on the road. Um, and then obviously it gets a little softer after that. And then, you know, you got to the date on Thanksgiving with the New York Giants and you got Christmas Eve against the Eagles. The, the NFC East has a potential to ruin two holidays this year, which is terrible to think about. But what I will say is this, the scaries did approach me today around, I want to say 1250 when Patrick Nosey Walker came out with his inactive list. And I'm like, Oh, I really hope they're not taking this game lightly, man. This is not, this doesn't feel good at all. And then, and then I, I, I saw the first glance of them warming up. I'm like, Oh my God, they're wearing blue at home. This is terrible. Like, I'm just starting to, I'm looking for every reason under the sun as to why the Cowboys are about to trip up against the bears. And I think we talked about this two weeks in a row, like two weeks ago or something of like, when is it going to be okay? Like, when is it going to be safe for us to be like, yo, we got ourselves a nice football team. Yeah. And I'm still not there. I want to be there with you guys. And you say it's a good time to be a Cowboys fan because, look, you're looking at six and two. And I'm like, hell, yeah, it's a good time to be a Cowboys fan. We're six and two. But every time they take the field, I'm just I'm just waiting for something like the world to just like the football God to be like, oh, you guys are having a good time. Well, guess what? <laughs> Here comes this, you know. <laughs> but listen, we, we battled through every piece of adversity so far this season. And I hope the Cowboys continue to do so. So it's bye week time, boys and girls. So I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the rest of the programming on the Blogging the Boys uh, podcast network along with their YouTube channel and, of course, their website, bloggingtheboys.com, for all your articles. Some of the great writers over there under the leadership of one RJ, Captain Obvious Ochoa, who I swear to God, RJ, if you're listening to this, buddy, I mean, your tweets are are just, I mean, it's like, it's almost as if, I don't know. I, I can't. Have, I don't know how to explain it without sounding like, you know what? You're probably just making up for the fact that the Houston Astros lost the game in the World Series. So you're just trying to make yourself feel good. Get those feel good likes to come on and tweet. You know, like, hey, by the way, if the Cowboys win today. They'll be six and two. Like, okay, <laughs> great, wonderful. So this is, and again, all love to RJ for Dave Sturgeo. And of course, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis has been another episode of the First and 10 podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the bye, everybody.